Hello and welcome to the Proper Car Podcast. I'm Drew Markey and I'm excited to share my love of cars and my knowledge of the car sales and service industry with you. The goal of this podcast is to help you be more informed about the car buying process, to help you find the best car for your needs and your budget, and to help you enjoy car ownership more than you've ever imagined. I'm your ally in car buying and I can't wait to help you out. So let's get started. Trucks are too big. The front end on full-size trucks is so tall that it's reaching the shoulder height for adult males, which means it's at the forehead of an adult woman, and it's taller than the average child by a significant margin. That also means the front end of a truck is as tall as most cars. So whether you're a pedestrian, riding a bicycle or a motorcycle, or even just the passenger of a typical car, you are at a significantly increased risk of injury or death due to the growth in the size of trucks. This trend is very obvious when looking at full-size trucks like the Ford F-150, Chevy Silverado, and Toyota Tundra, as well as the SUVs that share those platforms. But it's causing mid-size trucks like the Ranger, Colorado, and Tacoma to inch up in height as well. And don't even get me started on the heavy-duty trucks, which now have front ends that look like they've been pulled straight off a semi-truck. And with these added dimensions comes added weight. Most trucks are between 4,500 and 6,000 pounds, with some of those larger models pushing 7,000 to 8,000 pounds. And now, with the introduction of electric trucks, we're seeing those numbers reach even higher numbers than we've ever seen before, with examples like the new Hummer EV, which tips the scales at over 9,000 pounds. There are many reasons thrown around for why the size of trucks continues to grow, but today we're going to discuss the risks, as well as some solutions that I think should be put in place. All right, let's get started. There are lots of studies on this subject from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and plenty of schools, organizations, and publications. The findings will show one thing over and over. As vehicles grow in dimensions and weight, they become disproportionately more unsafe for those around them. That's the case whether you're in another vehicle, on a bike, walking down the sidewalk, or you're in any situation where you may be outside of that vehicle. They can be safer for the people inside the car, but that's not always the case either. And there are many ways in which they also become less safe for the occupants inside the vehicle as well. The impact from a truck with a tall and wide front end on any other object is greater than that of smaller vehicles. While that may seem very obvious, we don't seem to care since the market continues to expect trucks to just be bigger and more rugged looking year over year. And the heavier a vehicle is, the harder it is to bring it to a stop. 
It's why you're told to leave more space for a semi-truck when they're hauling a load. But I've come to do the same thing with large trucks that are being driven on the road, even when they're just driven by that single person commuting to work. The speed in which a large vehicle can maneuver is also much slower. So even something as common as swerving slightly to avoid an accident or some debris in the road becomes much more risky. And of course, these big heavy trucks are being outfitted with larger brakes and more capable suspensions so that they can meet the increased towing and hauling capabilities that is a big part of what's selling these trucks. But they're never going to be as agile or as responsive as a smaller vehicle could be. And with the increasing number of distracted drivers, these size-related risks become even more significant. Being distracted really slows down your response times. And a big, heavy, lumbering truck is not going to be able to account for that slowdown, that lack in responsiveness, the way that a smaller car could. Your braking distances and the ability to, you know, get around uh, a situation that's right in front of you are going to take longer and the consequences are going to be far greater. There are a lot of stories out there of adults, full-size, normal-size adults being hit by trucks and SUVs because the driver never saw them. And a lot of those situations aren't even because of a distracted driver. Sometimes it's as simple as someone crossing the road and they happen to be in an angle that makes visibility worse for the truck driver. That leaves them blind to the fact that someone is in their path until it's too late. I honestly don't understand why this hasn't been a bigger issue and something that gets more attention and some sort of regulation behind it to help mitigate some of these issues. Unfortunately, I see it as much like some other very important debates in America where we have people who misunderstand what freedom means. They want unlimited rights to own and drive or use anything that they wish with no added penalties or consequences. I think it's time for that to change. This is a topic I think of often when I'm driving my Miata or I'm out for a walk. The bumper height of many trucks is at my eye level when I'm in my car. And while I know the Miata is on the small side for modern cars, it's not that far off from plenty of others, at least when you're comparing the size of a typical smallish car to these massive trucks. There are plenty of other small sports cars and sedans, hatchbacks, and other vehicles on the road every single day that will be at a much greater risk when there is an impact from one of these massive trucks. And just imagine the feeling if you've got a truck like that approaching you and you're on a motorcycle or a bicycle. So I want to talk about a thought I've had for a possible solution going forward. 
as well as a way to limit the prevalence of this type of vehicle on the roads just in general. Technology has introduced some pretty great features like emergency braking that definitely help here. But I think we can take it a step further by introducing something like a see-through display for large trucks. A screen of some type would be mounted on the dash that would display what's blocked by the hood. It would need to be adjustable for the driver's height and seating position so that the screen uses all of the space that's within their perspective and otherwise blocked by the hood of the truck, but not going beyond that. Using that essentially dead space within a person's viewing range to actually optimize what is possible for them to see. What's best about this is that this type of technology already exists. And systems along these lines are already in use today, just not in this manner. It would actually give the large truck driver an even better visibility than someone driving a standard car would have, because it would completely eliminate that huge invisible space that is there between the driver and the front of the car. Add in the emergency braking technology to help when the driver is distracted or won't react in time, and we've created a clear improvement by using this technology to help drivers of large trucks become less of a risk than they are right now. I don't love that this is even something that I think needs to be created as a way to fix the problem, but I'm going to take changes like this if that's what we have to do to make other improvements for the safety of the people outside of those vehicles. But even with that tech, the risk is still there in many cases for the large trucks to cause more harm. And a reduction in the number of them on the road is one of the best ways to fix that. So how do we go about this type of change? Well, I can think of two ways. First, we need to rewrite the rules around vehicles being used by companies as tax write-offs. You may not think of that as commonly used way to buy cars, but it really is, in many, many cases, the way that a lot of people make vehicle purchases. Today, you can write off a 6,000-pound vehicle for your business because it's assumed that something this large is clearly a commercial vehicle. It's being purchased by a company because it's essentially a tool to do their job. This is why you see massive trucks, luxury trucks, that have a company logo on the door, but they're sitting in the drive through line at Starbucks or picking up groceries. It's part of the reason for the growth in sales of large SUVs and trucks over the last 15 years or so. I think some limitations on the classification of the vehicle and the way that it's used could be put in place without having to completely erase this as a benefit that companies can still use for those actual commercial vehicles. We can also tax these vehicles differently. There's plenty of justification for this. Heavier vehicles also place a larger burden on the roads that we all use. The difference in wear and tear on a road surface from a 3,000 pound car 
versus a 6,000 pound truck is probably double. So why shouldn't they be taxed more when it comes to a highway use tax? They also create a larger amount of emissions than the typical passenger car does. So again, they should have to pay a higher tax because of the measures that have to be put in place as a result of their usage. I get that there are a lot of people out there who hate on these kinds of ideas as a solution to a problem, but the reality is that they work. They become necessary in a world where capitalism and consumer desires seem to carry more weight in these arguments than an average full-size truck on the road ever does. What would you suggest as possible solutions to this issue? Do you have some knowledge around the tech I discussed to help continue that conversation and maybe push it out into the market sooner? I'd love to hear from you, no matter if you like what I've had to say or you disagree, so please reach out. I posted on social media about this episode, and of course the image you'll see is meant to be just a sort of lighthearted way of approaching something that isn't so lighthearted. So forgive me on that, but I wanted to present a really simple image of how this system may work. I would love it if you would join me on social media, follow me there, comment on this post and any of the others that I've made around other topics like this, and let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know if you think that these types of topics are helpful, if you're benefiting from them, and maybe some of your own personal anecdotal situations or other scenarios that you think are important to consider with these types of discussions. Thanks, as always, for listening to my thoughts on this topic. I really enjoy sharing my ideas and opinions on all kinds of automotive subjects with you, and I have many other ideas left to discuss. To learn more about The Proper Car, check out my website at thepropercar.com, and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the underscore proper underscore car. You can DM me there or email me at podcast at thepropercar.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy the drive. <music>